We start with questions to the Prime Minister, Philip Hollowbell. Number one, sir. Prime Minister. Mr Speaker, I'm delighted that President Zelensky is here in the United Kingdom today. It is a testament to the unbreakable friendship between our two countries, and I'm proud that we are expanding the training for Ukrainian forces to include jet pilots and marines and ensure that Ukraine has a military able to defend its interests today and into the future. Mr Speaker, this morning I had meetings with ministerial colleagues and others. In addition to my duties in this House, I shall have further such meetings later today. Slava Ukraini, President Zelensky, we salute you. This year, the start will be made to the rebuild of Kettering General Hospital. Northamptonshire Police will reach 1,500 police officers, the highest number ever in its history, and Kettering is set to become one of the best connected towns for ultra-fast broadband in the whole country, thanks to City Fibre's investment. Together with the Prime Minister's pledge to halve inflation and tackle the NHS backlogs, isn't it time to tackle head-on the doom and gloom peddled by those who want this country to fail? to be far more optimistic about the many good things happening in Kettering and across the country. Well, my, uh, my honourable friend is absolutely right, and I'm glad to hear of all the successes in his constituency, especially the redevelopment of Kettering General Hospital, something I know my honourable friend has been campaigning, campaigning on tirelessly for years. But he's right, this government will continue to focus on delivering the country's priorities. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Over 11,000 people have died as a result of the devastating earthquake in Turkey and Syria, and that number is sadly rising. And I know many families here in the UK will be anxiously awaiting news. I'm sure I speak for the whole House in saying our hearts go out to each and every victim and their families and we must do all we can to support the rescue and recovery effort. Mr Speaker, this House is honoured to be addressed today by President Zelensky. From the outset of the war, he has symbolised the heroism, the resolve and the bravery of his people. The Prime Minister and I joined this House together in 2015. We have lived through important moments in our domestic and international politics. But none of those experiences compares to the pain and suffering of the people of Ukraine. Does the Prime Minister agree with me that, right across this House, it is vital that we all continue to stand together in full support of Ukraine? Prime Minister. Well, can I first join with uh, the Honourable Member for paying our respects and thoughts to the people of Turkey and Syria? particularly those affected by the earthquake and the first responders who are doing such a valiant job. The House will be reassured to know that we are in touch with the Turkish and Syrian authorities in providing all assistance that they have required of us, including 77 search and rescue responders that arrived yesterday and have already begun work. And I spoke to the President yesterday to ensure that we are in close communication. Uh, and can I thank the Honourable Gentleman for his comments on Ukraine. It's something that not only the whole country can be proud of, but the entire House can be proud that we came together to stand by Ukraine when the moment mattered and that we will continue to stand with them united as one Parliament and one United Kingdom. Yeah. Just for the record, is the right honourable. 
Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And I thank the Prime Minister for that answer because every time Putin has been appeased, he's been back for more. And so does the Prime Minister agree with me that across this House we must speak with one voice and say this terrible conflict must end with the defeat of Putin in Ukraine? Mr Speaker, our objective remains to ensure a Ukrainian victory in this conflict. Vladimir Putin's aggression cannot be seen in any way to have been successful, and that's why we have accelerated and increased our support militarily for Ukraine this year. It's a decision that I took as Prime Minister. Today we are going even further, not just having provided Challenger tanks and being one of the first countries to do so, which catalyzed the provision of tanks from other nations as well, but also today to move to start training Ukrainian Marines in the advanced capabilities they will need to mount further offensive, but also to train their pilots on advanced combat aircraft. So the House can be reassured we will continue to support Ukraine to ensure decisive military victory on the battlefield this year. Mr Speaker, can I welcome the additional support the Prime Minister has outlined today? I have had the privilege, I am sure he has, of seeing firsthand the brilliant work our military is doing in Salisbury to train Ukrainians in defending themselves. We all support this work and the UK's role in the international drive to ensure that Ukraine has the weapons and the technology required to defend herself. Does the Prime Minister agree that continuing this international effort is the only way to ensure Putin's defeat? Prime Minister. Mr Speaker, the, the House may not uh, all be aware that actually we have continue to train Ukrainian soldiers because it's something that we have done for years before the conflict started and something that we should be very proud of. But obviously we've intensified those efforts. Last year we trained 10,000 Ukrainian soldiers through Operation Interflex. This year the Defence Secretary announced that last year we'll be training 20,000 Ukrainian soldiers in addition to the Marines and Air Force pilots that I mentioned earlier. Uh, But the right honourable gentleman is right to highlight this has been an international effort. One thing that is a mark of UK leadership in this particular area is that around a dozen other countries have all come here to the Ukraine uh, to the UK to take part in our training programs to support Ukrainian soldiers uh, many people uh, many members from around this house will have visited uh, in their constituencies that effort it's something that's making an incredible difference on the ground and i know something that the president zelensky is incredibly grateful for i think the whole house would like to thank those involved in the incredible training that is going on Mr Speaker, before I entered this House, I had responsibility for fighting for justice in The Hague for victims of Serbian aggression. Does the Prime Minister agree with me that when the war in Ukraine is over, Putin and all his cronies must stand at The Hague and face justice? Prime Minister. Mr Mr. Speaker, the Royal Gentleman is absolutely right that we must hold those to account for the horrific crimes that they have committed. Uh, I'm proud that the United Kingdom has played, again, a leadership role in this regard, being one of the first countries to provide financial and technical support, putting investigators on the ground. We're shortly to be hosting a conference together with the Dutch. Uh, And also, one of the things I discussed with President Zelensky this morning is our support for the work of the ICC, where, thanks to the efforts of UK members, I'm hopeful that we will will see the first indictments very shortly. Mr Speaker, across this House, we don't just hope for Ukraine's victory. We believe in it. 
and part of that victory must be Ukraine's reconstruction. Does the Prime Minister agree with me that Russia should pay for the destruction it has caused through the wealth lying dormant in blocked Russian government assets? Prime Minister. Uh, Mr Speaker, we are the third largest uh, humanitarian and economic donor to Ukraine, £1.4 billion of support that we have provided through direct grant assistance and guarantees at multilateral lending organisations. And again, the House will remember we took a lead in imposing economic sanctions on Russian entities, including individuals and state-sanctioned assets. We have ensured the provision of funds here uh, will be put in a foundation for reconstruction in Ukraine, and we are currently working with international partners through the legal process to use those assets to fund Ukrainian reconstruction. Of course, that is something that we all want to see, and we are working with our partners to achieve that. Thank you, Mr Speaker. As a country, we have always been at our best when we stand up to tyrannical aggressors threatening their neighbours and peace on our continent. That is why the Labour Party helped found NATO and why our commitment to NATO is as unshakable today as it was back then. Does the Prime Minister agree with me that whatever differences we may have, no matter what difficulties we face as a country, we in this House have a duty to stand on the shoulders of giants who came before us and support Ukraine's fight for freedom liberty and victory. Well, Mr Speaker, we remain the leading European ally in NATO, as we always have done. Uh, we continue to increase funding in our armed forces by £24 billion at the last spending review to ensure that we make, maintain not just our NATO obligation to spend 2 per cent of our GDP on defence, but also we participate in every NATO operation and remain the leading nation when it comes to contributions to NATO's Rapid Response Force and the NATO Readiness Initiative. Uh, but I join with the Right Honourable Gentleman in saying that this House and this country will stand united with, the, with Ukraine until we ensure the defeat of Vladimir Putin's unprovoked, unsanctioned aggression, and that we will make sure that Ukraine is not only victorious, but that we bring peace to its people. Thank you, Mr Speaker. The Global Combat Air Programme, including Team Tempest, is vital for UK national security and for the world-class aerospace cluster we've got in Lancashire, with many businesses in Burnley and Paddington. This aircraft will protect UK skies, give the RAF the tools it needs for the future and deepen our relationship with allies like Japan and Italy. So can I ask the Prime Minister, with a refresh of the integrated review taking place, to commit not just to the design and development of this aircraft, but to its production in Lancashire too, providing skilled jobs for generations to come for my constituents and residents all across the county of Lancashire. Mr Speaker, I was delighted to announce this landmark international partnership with Japan and Italy in December. Team Tempest partners already employ 2,500 people in the UK, with over 1,200 in the North West. Uh, as we are making more progress, we are going to continue to invest in skills and technology at the BAE Systems Factory of the Future in Lancashire. Stephen Flynn, Leader of the SNP. Thank you, Mr Speaker. And on behalf of my party, I would like to send our condolences to all of those impacted by the devastating earthquake in Turkey and Syria, and also to welcome the exchange between the Leader of the Opposition and the Prime Minister in respect of Ukraine. We all in this House are united in our condemnation of Vladimir Putin. 
and in our hope for a better future for Ukraine. Yeah. It will be an honour for all of us to listen to President Zelensky this afternoon. Mr Speaker, in recent days, the former Prime Minister said that she did not regret her time in office. Does the Prime Minister regret her time in office? Yeah. I think clear up which one, Mr. Mr. Speaker, I, Mr. Speaker, I'm, great, I'm grateful to all my predecessors for the contribution that they make to public life. And, and what I, can, I join, can I join with the uh, join with the honourable gentleman in saying that I know the whole house will be looking forward to hearing from President Zelensky at the conclusion of PMQs. Stephen Flynn, Mr. Mr. Speaker, hold on a minute. Let's reflect upon the damage that was caused. Thirty billion wiped off the UK economy. Pension funds brought to the brink of collapse. The pound reaching parity with the dollar and interest rates for mortgage holders right across these aisles soaring. Now, the former Prime Minister won't apologise for the damage that she has caused. So, on behalf of the Tory party, will he apologise for her? Yeah. Well, Mr Speaker, on the first day that I took office, I said that mistakes had been made. But what we have done, what we have done, what we have done is to ensure that right now he mentioned the pound, the pound at a multi-month high, borrowing costs restored back to where they should be, an economy stabilised, a clear and a clear plan to halve inflation and grow the economy. That's that's what the Conservatives are delivering in government, and we continue to deliver it as well for the people of Scotland. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Burley House in my constituency is bidding to host the World Eventing Championships in 2026. This event is one of the pinnacles of the sport, and if we were successful in our bid, it would provide massive. It would provide a massive boost to the local economy, as well as massive coverage for the UK on the global scene. Burley has a formidable track record of success, having previously hosted two World Championships and six European Championships. Would my right honourable friend agree with me that Burley would make a fantastic venue, and would he lend us his support so that we can be successful with the bid? Mr Speaker, we are committed on building on our fantastic track record of hosting events like the Commonwealth Games, the Women's Euros and the Rugby League World Cup. I understand the relevant UK sporting authorities are looking at the location and I'm sure that they will be considering Burley in my right honourable friend's constituency uh, in the near future. And David. Mr Speaker, can I associate my party with the comments made about the unfolding human tragedy in Turkey and Syria and with the warm words to welcome our ally President Zelensky. He will know that this country and this House has total support for Ukraine's resistance to Vladimir Putin's illegal invasion. And it is a source of great pride that the British people have stood firm, united and unwavering in support of the brave heroes of Ukraine. Mr Speaker, when President Zelensky addressed this House last year, he asked that we treat Russia as a terrorist state. Since then, Liberal Democrats have been urging the government to fulfil that request by prescribing the Wagner mercenary group. They are doing Putin's bidding, carrying out atrocities against Ukrainians on a daily basis. So on this symbolic day, Mr Speaker, will the Prime Minister finally commit 
to prescribing the Wagner Group, a crucial part of treating Russia as the rogue state that it is? Well, Mr. Mr. Speaker, we have taken a lead from the beginning of this conflict in sanctioning and taking action against uh, those entities connected with the war effort in Russia and beyond. With regard to Wagner Group, the Honourable honourable Gentleman will know that we have already sanctioned the Wagner Group in its entirety, as well as taking specific action against particular leaders, as he will know. With regard to prescriptions, it is not something that we routinely comment on in public, but rest assured we continue to keep all of the prescriptions that we have under review. Peter Gibson. Thank you, Mr Speaker. 22 years ago this month, a good friend of mine died from AIDS. Had he been tested for HIV, I am confident that with the medical advances we have made, he would still be alive today. As my right honourable friend will know, this week is HIV testing, and I welcome the Government's ambitions to end new infections by 2030. Can I ask my right honourable friend to thank the Terence Higgins Trust for their incredible work? And will he look to extend opt-out HIV testing to more areas of high prevalence so that we can help discover more undiagnosed cases? Prime Minister. Well, can I thank my honourable friend for his uh, incredibly thoughtful question and express my sympathies to him on the loss of his friend uh, and join him in paying tribute to the work of the Terence Higgins Trust, as I know the whole House uh, will also join me in doing. They do do fantastic work, and I look forward to talking to my honourable friend about what more we can do to spread uh, HIV testing and prevent more people from needlessly suffering. Dave Dugan. Thank you, Mr Speaker. The UK Government's fiscally illiterate electricity generator levy will choke off billions from future investments in renewable energy projects, the kind of projects that my Angus constituency excels at delivering. This investment will find its way to more favourable jurisdictions, putting thousands of green jobs in Scotland and our energy transition at risk. So will the Prime Minister commit to scrapping this environmentally and economically damaging tax? Or will he instead confirm that he and this latest Chancellor know the price of everything and the value of nothing? Mr Speaker, I I don't think it's right that because of a war, when energy companies are making windfall profits, that those profits should go untaxed. That's what our levy does. It's right that we recover those excess profits from energy companies as a result of the war and give that money back to the country in the form of support with their energy bills. What is economically uh, damaging for Scotland is the SNP's refusal to acknowledge the existence and need for a transition, and that's to support the North Sea oil and gas industry, which we are proud to do. Mr Speaker, human trafficking is when you move people legally from one place to another, often with the promise of a job, and then force that person into prostitution or labour exploitation. It has nothing to do with people who come illegally here in small boats. That is smuggling. A third of all human trafficking in the United Kingdom occurs wholly within the borders of the United Kingdom. When I was chairman of the All-Party Group Against Human Trafficking, we campaigned for an independent commissioner. One was appointed in 2014. However, since April of last year, we have not had one. This is unacceptable. Would the Prime Minister use his good offices 
to get one appointed urgently. Prime Minister. Well, can I thank my honourable friend for all his work in this important area. I'm happy to look into the particular position that he mentions, uh, and I know that he is proud, as I am, of our world-leading modern slavery legislation. Thanks to the former Prime Minister on these benches, it is a world-leading piece of legislation. We're showing, showing, showing an example about how to tackle this, but I'll make sure that we have someone in place to do the job. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. There are now more than 50% more social care staff vacancy than last year. People are stuck in hospital beds with nowhere to go. In my Bath constituency, the Liberal Democrat Council and our local hospital, the RUH, are trying their level best and trying new innovative solutions to tackle the social care backlog. But the Prime Minister knows that this is a workforce crisis. We must recruit and retain social care staff. So I ask him, will he support the Liberal Democrat proposal to pay a higher minimum wage to social care workers to tackle the social care shortages that underpin the NHS crisis. Prime Minister. Well, uh, Mr. Speaker, we recently announced uh, £14 billion more for health and social care, and in particular, that money, part of that money will go to a new discharge fund to speed the discharge of people from hospitals back into their homes and in their communities. That money is already making a difference on the ground. We can see the numbers of people unnecessarily in hospitals are already reducing, easing the burdens in our A&E departments, and that comes on top of the money that we've invested to improve training, recruitment and development of our valued social care staff, and that will make sure that we can reduce vacancy rates, increase retention and get the workforce that we know. We Mr Speaker, last month, together with fellow North Staffordshire MPs, I hosted an event, a tea party, to welcome Ukrainian refugees living in North Staffordshire. Would the Prime Minister join me in thanking the sponsors, in particular Alton Towers, who hosted the event, um, the host families, and all the people of North Staffordshire who have made our Ukrainian friends so very welcome? I join my uh, honourable friend in thanking Alton Towers, the other sponsors, and indeed all the families involved in putting on a tea party. I know many members from across the House uh, will have done something similar. It's a wonderful way uh, to show our support for the families that have come here. And again, something that the President this morning mentioned to me, how grateful he is to the United Kingdom that we have opened up our hearts and our homes to help those in his country that need our security and sanctuary. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Big Brother Watch recently released a report into unaccountable government bodies such as the Counter-Disinformation Unit, the Rapid Response Unit and the British Army's 77th Brigade. We are seeing huge swathes of public money being spent, recording political dissent on social media under the guise of tackling misinformation. Politicians, including myself, the Leader of the Opposition, academics, activists and journalists and even members of public have been subjected to monitoring by Whitehall officials. This is at the same time as we're waiting for the reporting of the Pitchford inquiry into questionable state surveillance on, on campaigns like the Stephen Lawrence campaign. So can the Prime Minister tell us how much public money is spent on these units and whether he thinks it's a justifiable uh, thing to do in our democracy to spend public money in this manner? And could you also update the House on the progress of the Pitchford inquiry? Prime Minister. Well, uh, Mr Speaker, I have to get back to the Honourable Lady on the Pitchford inquiry and indeed to give her an exact figure. But in general, uh, I think certainly I on this side of the House believe very strongly in free speech and will make sure that we continue to protect it wherever we can. Mr Speaker, Friday the 24th of February will mark one year of Russia's barbaric war in Ukraine. Thousands of people have been killed. Over a thousand children have been killed or injured. So will my right honourable friend, the Prime Minister, 
call for a national minute of silence on that day so that all across the United Kingdom, the people here can show their unending support for the people of Ukraine. Minister. Uh, well, can I thank my honourable friend for all the work that she has done in her previous roles to ensure that we provide appropriate support to those in Ukraine. I thank her very much for her suggestion. I'm sure it's something that we are uh, considering as we speak, and there will be many other ways that we can mark that moment, uh, not least as an international community continuing to show united condemnation and isolation of Russia. This week, um, Mr Speaker, is Children's Mental Health Week. We know that adverse childhood experiences, whether that be growing up in poverty in the UK or indeed living through the horrors of war in the Ukraine, can have a lifelong impact on mental health. With the number of children in mental health crisis increasing year on year in the UK, does the Prime Minister believe he's doing enough to address the causes of childhood trauma? Prime Minister. Can I thank the uh, Honourable Member for her question? and let her know that we are doing more to make sure that the extra money we're putting into tackling mental health is particularly focused on young people, where we've seen a, a very startling increase in the number of young people presenting with mental health conditions that we all would like to arrest and re um, reduce. Uh, that's why we're putting more mental health community support into schools and colleges across the country. That's being rolled out as we speak. And also, just the other week, we announced more money for crisis centres and urgent treatment centres in the mental health space in a hundred different communities around the country, which will make a difference. Richard Graham. Mr. Speaker, this country's military and diplomatic support for Ukraine is strong and has strong support across the country. Less well known is a programme that has gone on for a decade, led by the Westminster Foundation for Democracy, to support the Verkhovna Rada, or Ukrainian Parliament. So does my right honourable friend agree that should this country host a reconstruction conference with the Ukrainians to discuss how Ukraine can win the peace that the Foreign Office and the Westminster Foundation and other bodies can come together to see how we can help President Zelensky in the next stage of his country's development. Prime Minister. You know, my honourable friend makes an excellent point, and as we look forward to hosting the Reconstruction Conference for Ukraine later this year, I'll make sure to take up his suggestion and involve all those organisations that can provide support to us and ultimately make sure that we can rebuild Ukraine in the way that it deserves. Richard Ford. Thank you, Mr Speaker. The Government will want to uh, help maintain popular backing in the UK for our support to Ukraine, including by helping people with their energy bills. More than 40,000 people across Devon live in homes that are off the gas grid. They are on the rural equivalent of prepayment metres. They need the money up front in order to pay for their heating oil and for their alternative fuels. The Government announced an alternative fuel payment last September, but people in Devon are still waiting. What will the Prime Minister say to people who are off the gas grid and are waiting for their alternative fuel payment five months later? Well, Mr Speaker, we specifically considered people who are off the gas grid when designing the energy support schemes that we put in place, which is why the bulk of the support was delivered to those who had electricity meters to ensure it reached people uh, like you mentioned, including many of my own rural constituents as well. Uh, that money should be getting to them. I'll make sure that it moves as quickly as possible. But we also put in place the local household support fund to provide discretionary funding that local councils can give to those households who are most in need. Dr. Kieran Mullen. 
speaker. There's no doubt that the NHS is under enormous pressure across the UK, and despite record numbers of nurses and doctors, workforce remains a challenge. So can I welcome that for the first time the NHS will get an independently verified workforce plan. But we have to think long-term on buildings too, and so in that regard, can the Prime Minister look closely at proposals to rebuild Leighton Hospital, which is a campaign that has the support of thousands of residents in the South Cheshire? Prime Minister. Well, Mr Speaker, I, I, uh, I know that Leighton Hospital has been allocated over £44 million to address some of the immediate issues at that site, uh, but I also know that the Honourable Friend is keen to ensure continued investment in his local hospital, and I know that the Department for Health are looking at more hospitals to join the new hospital programme, uh, and I'm sure that they will have heard what he said, indeed, the voices of his constituents too. Liz Twist. Mr Speaker, bus services are vital to our communities for work, for health, for school and for socialising. But in a matter of days, the buses that millions depend on will face another crisis with the ending of the bus recovery grant and predicted cuts of 15 to 20 per cent in mileage would be devastating for people across my constituency and others. Will the Prime Minister commit to extending the bus recovery grant so that communities in my constituency and many others are not left isolated, and will he ask the Transport Secretary to meet with me to discuss this issue? Yeah. Prime Minister. Well, Mr Speaker, we recognise the vital importance of buses in our local communities, and that's why we're well on the way to fulfilling our commitment to invest £3 billion over this Parliament in our bus transformation, and that includes funding for local councils to subsidise unprofitable routes through the Bus Services Operators Grant and recent money to help cap operator fares at £2 through the spring. Uh, and, of course, we always continue to see how we can support bus services in the long term. And if, uh... Speaker, would my right honourable friend agree that apprenticeships such as those offered by the excellent South Essex College in Leon C, which I visited on Monday for National Apprenticeship Week, are a great pathway into work? Well, uh, Mr Speaker, I completely agree uh, with my honourable friend and pay tribute to her local college, particularly in National <laughs> Apprenticeship Week. And I know something that we discussed just in Cabinet yesterday, uh, we also have the, the country's first education secretary who herself was an apprentice, and it's something we're proud of. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Mr Speaker, can I join the Prime Minister and the Leader of the Opposition in their condolences to the victims of the devastating earthquake in Turkey and Syria. Can I also reiterate my thanks to the Foreign Secretary um, for the speed of the initial UK response. Mr Speaker, but as we enter the third day of the, of, of, of the earthquake, the bitter cold, unforgiving weather means that the likelihood of pulling more survivors from the rubble becomes less and less likely and the immediate humanitarian impact is devastating. So can I ask the Prime Minister when we can expect an announcement on what further aid his government will commit to relief efforts and what discussions he is having with his international counterparts to ensure our response meets the scale of this crisis? Prime Minister. Can I thank the Honourable Lady for her question uh, and join her in paying tribute to the Foreign Secretary for the work that he's doing. So I spoke to President Erdogan yesterday to reiterate our commitment to provide Turkey with what 
support they need. Right now, that is search and rescue. She's right, we are in that vital window at the beginning of a situation like this, which is why our search and rescue teams are on the ground providing that assistance. Uh, the Foreign Secretary is also speaking to his counterpart at the United Nations to ensure that the humanitarian support that we can provide is well targeted. Also in Syria, where we fund the White Helmets, which are on the ground doing work, we're continuing to be in touch with everyone that we need to, and I can assure the Honourable Lady will continue to supply, uh, provide all the support that is asked of us. I'm pleased to announce, as members will be aware, that President Zelensky will be addressing both Houses in Westminster Hall imminently. That will require me to suspend the House's business in a moment. Members attending the address should go directly to the Hall following the doorkeeper's directions. The House is expected to resume its sitting at approximately 2 o'clock. The division's bells will be sounded five minutes before the resumption. The House is now suspended. Order, order.